gospel reading, again, is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And it reads like this. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written uh, in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts uh, and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, uh, the daughter of Panuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, coming to them. And at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Uh, again, just want to say good morning uh, to those that are uh, in person and those who are joining us online. We are so glad that you are here. Um, as I was preparing this morning's message, um, this being the last Sunday of the year 2020, that's a crazy thought, um, I was reminded that it's during Advent, the season of Advent, and that it's during Christmas time where we celebrate Christ coming into the world. So we celebrate uh, God taking on flesh. And that there is no doubt about it that uh, the year 2020 has had more than its fair share of, of challenges and difficulties. And it's likely that many of those challenges and difficulties that, are, that, that people are facing, that our country is facing, that our world is facing, they're not going to magically vanish on December 31st at 11.59 p.m. That would be nice, right? Um, but my hope, here's my hope, is that as followers of Jesus, that this morning and in this coming year, 2021, that we would welcome the presence of Christ to dwell in us and in our lives. 
one of my uh, favorite scriptures. I think if we were to count Old Testament and New Testament, one of my favorite stories um, has to be, uh, it's a story found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. And whether you're uh, familiar with this story or, or not, what I love so much about Zacchaeus' story is that he was someone who no one needed any convincing at all that he was an imperfect person or that he had made some sketchy decisions throughout his life. Uh, there was no question what kind of reputation Zacchaeus had or what a majority of people thought about Zacchaeus. And yet, at some point, something happened within him where Zacchaeus said to Jesus, I want to welcome you into my home and to sit at my table. And Jesus, knowing his baggage, Jesus, knowing the choices that he had made throughout his life, knowing what other people thought of him, knowing that Zacchaeus likely had plenty of things that he had done throughout his life that he regretted, Jesus says to him, of course I will. I would love to come into your home, and I would love to sit at your table and be with you. And so my hope in the year 2020 is this, is that you and I would do that very same thing. No one here is perfect, nor is anyone in this room or joining us online. Are we close to it? That our confession and that our prayer would be the very same thing as that of Zacchaeus. Jesus, I welcome you into my home, and I welcome you into my life. Presence of Christ, abide in me. Presence of Christ, be with me. Walk with me today and in the coming year. There was a man named uh, St. Patrick uh, who lived in the 5th century. And um, he wrote a prayer, and it's a really long, lengthy prayer. And so I, I, I cut a part of it out because I thought, this is a, I, I I've always liked this prayer. Um, but there was just a, a, a portion of it that I thought, you know what, I want to share that. Uh, I want to share that in worship today. So I want to invite you, even if you're at home and I can't see you closing your eyes, I want to invite all of you just to close your eyes for a minute as I read this prayer of St. Patrick. Because I think it's very fitting, uh, a very fitting prayer for us to pray on this last Sunday of 2020. Heavenly Father, I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, Christ with me, Christ before me and Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me and Christ above me, Christ on my right and Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of every person who speaks of me, Christ in the eyes that see me, Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, 
the invocation of the Trinity through a belief in the threeness, through a confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. Amen. And so once again, as we begin this uh, message this morning, may you and I, may we continue to welcome the presence of Christ to abide in us, not only this morning, um, but in the year 2021. Today's gospel reading, it's an interesting one because I think it's probably one of the least familiar stories surrounding the birth of Jesus in the gospels. So most people, they've, they're familiar with the shepherds. They're familiar with the story of the wise men who come to uh, visit Jesus. They're familiar with the manger scene and there being no room at the inn. But for whatever reason, the story of Simeon and Anna that we read about um, in this morning's passage, it's just far easier to maybe gloss over and continue reading. It's not one of the stories that you see in Christmas pageants, at least I, not that I recall. Um, but the scriptures tell us that Mary and Joseph, they're making their way into the temple to consecrate Jesus to the Lord. And this was a very, this was a customary practice when a child was 40 days old, a child would be brought to the temple to have this done. And once they arrive there, they're greeted by uh, this man named Simeon. And we're told uh, that, he was a, that he was righteous and a devout man. And that at some point in his life, it had been revealed to him that he would see the Lord's Messiah before he died. And upon seeing Mary and Joseph enter the temple courts holding Jesus, he immediately recognizes this child uh, for who he is. And taking the baby in his arms, he begins praising God, saying, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Here's what I find interesting. So Simeon, he's not given any sort of title, right? So Simeon is not a priest. As far as we can tell, Simeon, he isn't a rabbi. He isn't a prophet. Simeon isn't any sort of religious scholars. He's none of these things, as far as we can tell. Instead, the scriptures simply describe him as righteous and devout and somebody who longed for the day that hope and comfort would be restored to the Israelite people. And then, if that experience isn't already wild enough, we're immediately introduced to this other character named Anna, who also recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. The scriptures read like this. They say, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child and all who are looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So in the first century, widows like Anna, they were people who were pitied. Widows like Anna, these were people who obviously at least this is what people thought, who obviously didn't have God's blessing upon their lives because of what had taken place. It was assumed by most people that a widow like Anna, she had obviously done something that made her worthy and deserving of God's scorn and God's shame. And yet both of these characters, these outsiders, both Simeon and Anna, they are included 
and the gospel narrative and this really cool interaction with Mary and Joseph giving witness to the identity and to the truth of Jesus. Reminding us one more time that the story of Jesus makes room for all people. And the reason why this is so important to say is because if the story of Jesus doesn't include, say, a broken and sorrowful widow like Anna, if the story of Jesus doesn't include some outsider and some no-name like Simeon, we never hear anything about him again in the rest of the Gospels, if the story of Jesus doesn't include a sinner like Zacchaeus, and if it doesn't include a murderer like Paul, and we could go on and on and on here, then it's not really good news. If Jesus only came for the people and for the families who have never made a mess of their lives, people who have never needed a second, third, or 20th chance, then that's not good news. But thanks be to God, as our passage reminds us this morning, one more time, that the story of Jesus makes room for all people. And that includes you, and that includes me. There's a second truth um, from Luke 2, 22 to 40, um, that I want to share today. And that is that, that the Holy Spirit can spring up hope from our own sorrow and brokenness. So the scriptures tell us this, that, that Anna was a woman who knew sorrow at a very young age. And I want you to imagine this for a second. I want you to imagine being married to somebody for seven years, but then being a widow for another 50 or 60 years following that. Um, and then the reality is that, that, that um, all of us have known sorrow. Uh, we, the reality is all of us will know sorrow at some point in our lives if we haven't known it already. That all of us will experience things like loss or, or having to let go of something that really, really hurts. But just as Jesus rose from death to life and just as we worship uh, the God of resurrection this morning. I believe that God wants to spring up hope and resurrection from our places of sorrow and brokenness as well. Just the other day, um, I was watching this video, and uh, it was a woman who uh, was standing near the top of a mountain, and she was all by herself, and she had this little vial with her. And she's recording herself, and she's weeping as she's doing this, and she's pouring some of her mom's ashes off the side of a mountain. Um, and there just happens to be a gentleman in the background who turns and sees what she's doing. Um, and he can see her shaking, and he can tell that she's crying. And so he walks up to her. Um, he's a complete and total stranger. He has no idea who this woman is. And he just puts his arm around her and holds her. And he says to her, um, what, whoever that was must have meant a lot to you. I'm sorry. I've been there too. And it's this real simple, short clip of someone who had experienced loss in their life, extending comfort to somebody else who had just experienced it. And I think the reason why this video moved me is that no one here, no one wishes sorrow upon ourselves. No one wishes loss upon ourselves or hopes to experience shattered dreams at times throughout our lives. No one wishes these things upon ourselves. 
But as followers of Jesus, what we can do is we can invite the Holy Spirit to spring up hope and resurrection from our places of sorrow. We can invite God to heal and to restore and to make something new. Just like what God did with Anna. And so on this first Sunday of Christmas, let us give thanks that the gospel is for all people. And that really is good news. The gospel is for all people. May we invite God to spring up hope and resurrection from our places of sorrow and our places of sadness. And then lastly, may we invite the presence of Christ to abide abide in us as we look to the new year. Would you pray with me today? God, we thank you for this passage. And I thank you for the faithful witness of Simeon and Anna who remind us um, that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, wasn't just reserved for the top 10%, for the top 20%. But Jesus, you came for all. You came for people who needed a 20th chance and a 50th chance and a 100th chance. You came for Zacchaeus. And you came for, for me and for us. And so we give you thanks. Um, And God, we also pray um, that in those places of our lives where we have experienced sorrow or loss, God, we invite you into those places. We invite you into our shattered dreams that some of us have experienced to spring forth hope and resurrection, that God, you would use those things in our lives to make something beautiful. And God, in the year 2021, we we welcome the presence of Christ to abide in us. Work in us and through us. We give you thanks for your love and for your goodness and your faithfulness, Jesus. Amen.